They've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Well, welcome to Bible with the Barbers, and Terry will be right into the studio. He just took a moment break here. Um, I want to say welcome on this Friday afternoon. I hope you all were able to listen to our repeat show last week, and um, I hope you do listen to the podcasts and spread them and, and promote them. That's, you know, how people get to know about it. And if you like our Bible study, um, please share it with friends, family, neighbors, whatever, enemies, <laughs> whatever, anybody. Um, I also want to reach out. I just got a call from our daughter. Apparently this this uh, fire up here in Azusa Canyon has gotten down to um, a neighborhood in Highway 39. They're evacuating um, east of Highway 39 and south of the um the, near the Glendora Canyon Road and, and the East Fork Road. So um, keep it in prayer, please, Lord. Send your angels to help to put out these fires. And most of all, send your angels to help us to um, be present to you, Lord, and know that you are in charge. Know that you're in charge. So that's what we want to, one of the things we want to learn here with the Bible. You know, we don't study the, the Bible just for academics. We study the Bible to come to know the Lord. Because in, if we really know him, we'll fall in love with him. And if we fall in love with him, and understand who he is, we're not going to be afraid of anything in this world. And that's our that's our point here. So I'm going to do the gospel for today. I'm also going to, after the gospel, I am going to go back and do the first reading from 1 Corinthians. The gospel is very short. It's Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Jesus journeyed from one town and village to another, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Accompanying him were the twelve and some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward, Chusa. Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When I was a child, my father said, whenever you read the Bible, you should kiss the scriptures, because this is God's word, and we want to love it. Um, so Jesus here is he's going from place to place. He has no place to lay his head. He says that the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He's very busy. He has to cover all the towns of Judea and, and Jerusalem, you know, all of Judea to preach the gospel, to preach the good news that salvation has come, that God has been faithful to his promise. Yes, God is a father who keeps his promises. He doesn't let us down. And the 12 are there with him, the 12 apostles, and accompanying him are some women whom he had cured of evil spirits and infirmities. And um, here's the deal. The women that are named here are Mary of Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, Joanna, the wife of Herod Stuart Chusa, and Susanna, and many others. So three women are named, which, by the way, Mary Magdalene will show up again at the, at the resurrection. Um, she'll be one of the, she's one of the women who goes to the tomb on Easter Sunday morning. And Joanna is also one of the women who goes to the tomb on Easter Sunday morning. So these women, they're in, in their gratitude for what Jesus has done for them, they're assisting him out of their needs, all right? They're so grateful. They want to serve. Now, they're not, you know, they, they realize women, men and women play different roles in the church. That doesn't mean women are less than men or men are greater than women, okay? They're, men and women enjoy equal dignity in the church. Within the context of equality, women certainly have specific characteristics which most necessarily be reflected, which must necessarily be reflected in their role in the church. 
all the baptized men and women alike share equally in the dignity and freedom and responsibility of the children of God. Women are called to bring to the family, to society and the church, characteristics which are their own and which they alone can give. Their gentle warmth and their untiring generosity, their love for detail, their quick wittedness and intuition, their simple and deep piety, their constancy. A woman's femininity is genuine only if she is aware of the beauty of this contribution for which there is no substitute if she incorporates it into her own life. That's from Jose Marie Escrivera's In Conversation with God. And um, it's, um, from, it's the commentary from the um, Navarre Bible commentary on this passage. And so these women have, they have places of influence, they have money, and they're assisting the apostles in Jesus. They're accompanying him. They're um, serving. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with service. The yeah. idea that we're not, and that Jesus said that. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So Jesus came. He gave us the example. He serves. And so these women follow Jesus's example. They're there to serve. And they're serving the 12 and they're serving Jesus, which, by the way, in those days, you know, people say, oh, Jesus was just bound up by the um, social norms of his day. Yeah. Really? He would not have allowed the women to accompany them. He, he didn't. He wasn't bound up by the social norms of his day. So these women show us all of us have a role and we don't have to be jealous that we don't have the same role as someone else. OK, different people have different roles in the church. Be who you were made to be. Amen. And women, we need to wake up to our role as women. Read John Paul II's um, uh, Familiaris Consortio on the family, but also his letter to, on the, the dignity and vocation of women. Mulieris dignitatem in Latin, but the, on the vocation and dignity of women. So that we understand who we are and what is the contribution we make to the church. I also want to, to go over the first reading for today, 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 20. And I think it's really important for us to listen extremely carefully to this, this particular reading. It says, brothers and sisters, if Christ is preached as raised from the dead, how can some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then neither has Christ been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then empty too is our preaching and empty too is your faith. I'm trying to be emphatic here. Listen up. Open up your ears. There are a lot of voices today that are preaching something contrary. This is the scriptures. This is the word of God. Then we are also false witnesses to God. Because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, neither is Christ been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is in vain. You are still in your sins then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are the most pitiable of all people. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, 
the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That's great reading. We did that for the Terry and Jesse show. And I just thought about it. You know, all the other world religions, Mary, Buddha, Islam, you know, Muhammad, they, they don't profess a resurrected. They're, 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 they went to the grave. Jesus Christ resurrected. Exactly. Jesus Christ went, he rose from the dead. And, and the reality is, is, okay, why would people give their lives in witness to something if it wasn't true? And all of the apostles, with the exception of John, died as martyrs for the faith. And, and as St. Paul said, if Christ isn't actually raised from the dead, I mean, if he wasn't physically raised from the dead, if they, you know, people nowadays are certain theologians who like to talk about, well, is it just a spiritual resurrection? It was just a, an experience of um, that the apostles were so expecting the resurrection that, that, that they had this, um, they actually conjured this up in their minds. It's their imagination. It's their imagination, <laughs> fulfilling their desire. Well, the yeah. reality is that the apostles weren't expecting the resurrection. Right. You know who was expecting the resurrection? the scribes and the Pharisees who were the ones who went to Pilate and said, set a guard at the tomb. Mm. How humiliating for the Roman governor to be asked by the Jews to set a guard at a dead man's tomb. When do you guard a dead man's tomb? So he won't raise from the dead. Yeah. Oh, his apostles will come at night and steal his body. Right. Didn't happen. What happened is he raised from the dead and who actually were the first witnesses of that resurrection. Well, the women were the first human witnesses, again, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, the women who went to, to administer and to anoint his body. If they were expecting the resurrection, why were they going on the first day of the week to anoint a dead body? Why were the apostles locked away in the upper room in fear that the Jews were going to come and carry them off and put them to death if they were expecting the resurrection? They weren't expecting it. And so the actual first witness to the resurrection is the angel. There you go. The angel is the one who tells the women. When the women come to the tomb, they are on, the, on their way. They're like, well, you know, that, tomb, that stone is so big. We can't move that stone. Who's going to move that stone for us? And they get to the tomb, and an angel has moved the stone, and he's sitting on it. Yep. And he says, why are you looking for one who is living among the dead? Hmm. He is not here. He is risen. So that the angel witnesses to the resurrection of the dead. And and we want to talk today in today's show about what the angels do and how God helps us through the angels in any circumstance. I think it's a great idea because we have a lot of feast days coming up uh, later in the month uh, of September and then early October. So talking about the angels would be great in Scripture. So I'm excited about that. I wanted to mention one more thing, Mary Danielle. For those who like this Bible study, if they like it on YouTube, you'll get an announcement saying that it's coming on each time. And if you want to share it with your friends and family that say, I want a Bible study, well, it's a free Bible study online through our app and through our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org. And Mary, I'm excited about the angels because we just completed the three nights here at the chapel on the work of the angels. Yeah. Many people are just uh, excited here. And we're going to have Eucharistic Adoration in our chapel if you're in Southern California this afternoon up until about 3 o'clock today. Amen. So from 1 to 3. So, you know, we want to work with the angels. We want to cooperate with them. Um, share this Bible study. Let people know about it. And since we don't appreciate anything that comes free, um, pray for us, please. Put us in your prayers. And, and if you like it, you can actually support us, too, if you're able to do that with your financial support. Thank you so much. We'll be right back with more on the angels. 
Hi, this is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show, also from Jesus 911. Let's face it, we all need to use the internet, but we need screen accountability. Why? Pornography is a huge problem, especially on the internet. And every time we tap into the internet, we get bombarded with images and temptations that degrade our humanity. So we need Covenant Eye to block these pornographic sites and advertisements from infiltrating our lives. Covenant Eyes helps us take custody of our eyes and custody of our intellect. So I recommend you go to CovenantEyes.com and type in the promo code, the NPR, to support the network. Protect yourself and your family from the eminent threats on the internet. www.CovenantEyes.com code VMPR live porn free. Thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you. God bless you. Keep the faith. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we come to understand. According to St. Augustine, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that you may believe, but believe that you may understand. May God grant us a strong living faith in Him and His divine plan of salvation and help us to believe so that we may understand. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. As Terry mentioned, we had uh, some evenings of recollection at the chapel this week on the work of the Holy Angels. And the work of the Holy Angels is just very simple and down and straightforward. It's, it's about teaching us to collaborate with the angels. The angels are real, just like God is real. You know, yep. we have this whole movement since you know, the, the enlightenment, the enlightenment was telling us, oh, science has figured everything out. All we know, all we can know is what's in the physical world. And so we don't, we don't know about this, this spiritual world or the supernatural world. We can't really know. That's just either made up in your mind or something to make you feel good or no, actually, um, that's not true. And, um, that's false. And it actually, you know, ideas have consequences. So we have the work of the holy angels, which is not, it's, it's nothing against the church teaching, and it, it doesn't go against the church teaching at all. It's perfectly in line with the church teaching. And thanks to Father Ludwig Ott, he wrote um, our, the fall circular letter. He, he, wrote a little, he writes a little letter at the very beginning of the letter. He's the superior in, in Ohio here in, Cal in um, the United States. And he, you know, he talks about all the, the craziness that's gone on this year, uh -huh. 2020, you, you think? know, the lockdown, the, the coronavirus, sure. the lockdown, then the unrest, the civil unrest, the uncertainties. And what's happening to us? It's like, oh my gosh, you know, what, what are we going to do? What are we, and, and, you know, it's funny because people get, um, 
you look at all that's going on in society, and you, oh, the end of the world is coming, the end of the world is coming. Well, and people say, well, this is an apocalyptic moment. And you know, the, the book of Apocalypse is not about the end of the world. The book of Apocalypse, as a matter of fact, um, it says it mentions many phenomena we are confronted with in our time. Disasters, unrest, war, plagues, and much more. But what is striking is that these things in the apocalypse are within the providential, salvific plan of God. Did we get that? All of these things are within the providential, salvific plan of God. God is in control. Thank you, Father Ludwig, for reminding us. I love that because I always learned about the permissive will of God, that God allows many evils but good to come out of it, too. He only allows you, and he won't allow an evil that he can't bring good out. That's right. He will stop it. Yep. But God does allow evil because he gives men free will. We have to freely choose God. He wants us to love him. Mm. God is love. Amen. And he wants us to love. Yep. And, and if we're not free, we can't love. You know, people who, who manipulate you and coerce you and, and, you know, say, well, if you leave me, I'm going to do this or and I'm going to do that. And, oh, I could never live without you. And no, that, that's not love because love leaves the beloved free to choose to freely love. And, and real love is willing to sacrifice and give itself completely in service, just like Jesus did, even to the point of death. So God is in control. Let's not forget it, okay? Surely lawless persons in godless countries are conniving. <laughs> Let's not, we don't have to deny that. They're yeah. conniving. Oh, yeah. Great word, Father. I love that word. But all their efforts will never be able to thwart or withstand God. God wins in the end. You know, as I remember Father Bishop used to tell us, Father Robert Bishop, he's yep. a Claritian here in Southern California. He used to tell us, you know, when things are bad and you're in the midst of the battle, go back and read the last chapter. He was talking about the book of Revelation. We win in the end. <laughs> the lamb is triumphant. Yep. You know, all the things you read about that, oh, this is so scary, whatever. We look at Christ. The lamb triumphed over sin and death. Okay. He rose from the dead. Remember that first reading from today's Corinthians from, for the mass? Already the Old Testament gives witness to this fact. And then he quotes Psalm 2. Why have the Gentiles raged and the people devised vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the princes together against the Lord and against his Christ. Against Jesus Christ. He who dwells in the heavens shall laugh at them. There's a, there's a beautiful... Um, there was a song, I don't know if a handle wrote it, but King of Kings, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, laugh now. You know, but yeah, the Lord laughs at them and the Lord shall deride them. Then shall he speak to them in his anger and trouble them in his rage. But I, that is Christ, I am appointed king by him over Zion, his holy mountain, preaching his commandment. The Lord said to me, you are my son. This day I have begotten you. And by the way, in the book of Hebrews, it says, to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Jesus Christ is not an angel. He is the son of God who became man to be our redeemer and our savior. And the Bible makes it very clear. No angel has ever been called the son of God. Mm -hmm. In, in the same way that, you know, that Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is the natural son of God. Amen. Mary, if I can interrupt you, you were bringing this up, this important fact about uh, evil 
Yes. And I looked it up under my Bishop Sheen book, uh, the quotable Sheen, and he <laughs> says it so beautifully. More than I, I, I think he's just got it down to say it simply. He says this, The evil which God permits must not be judged by an immediate effects, but rather by its ultimate effects. Yeah. When you go to a theater, do you not walk out because you see a good man suffering in the first act? No. You give the dramatist credit for a plot. Why can you not do that much with God? Right. Isn't that beautiful? I know a good priest who always likes to remind, remind me that. You know, God is a good dramatist. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, we have to struggle. And he loves to see us go through the struggle. And most of all, he loves for us to turn to him in the struggle and say, Lord, help. We need your help. Okay, he wants to help. Literally, Jesus Christ died to help us. You know, he's on the cross. And that, that even though he's not dying anymore, nonetheless, the victim who immolated himself on the cross lives for all eternity, that act of immolated love. The lamb who was slain still bears his scars. He still offers his suffering to the Father eternally on behalf of sinners. You know, he died to save us and to help us. So this is him. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me. This is my son. Ask of God the Father. And I will give you the Gentiles for your inheritance and the utmost parts of the earth for your possession. You shall rule them with an iron rod. And now, O you kings, understand. Receive instruction, you that judge the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice unto him with trembling. Now, this is not a servile fear. He's going to punish me. He's gonna... No, it's, it's awe and reverence in his sight. Do we understand who God is? He really is in control. And you may be the king of a country. You may be the president of a country. But turn to God and ask for his help. And he will guide and direct your actions. You can turn away from him. You know, it, it, believe it or not, the 20th century was supposed to be the triumph of the Enlightenment. It was supposed to be the century of humanism. The 20th century saw more genocide, the, the worst wars that the world has ever known, World War I and World War II, and more genocide occurred in the 20th century than, you know, the, the previous 19 centuries. Mm. Ah, but you know what? The 20th century also saw more martyrs for Christ than the previous 19 centuries combined. Yep. More people have given their lives to the witness to Jesus Christ and his power to work in our world. So, you know, are we frightened? We shouldn't be frightened. We, we need to reverence God have, and pray for our political leaders, pray for those who are raised up to lead the way in our countries. But don't be so frightened. People are frightened in these times. They're, they're afraid of the virus. They're afraid of the civil anarchy. They're afraid of, I might lose my home. I might lose my family. I might lose everything I have. The, the currency might collapse. I, I might lose my job. I might, and many people have. They've lost their jobs. They've mm-hmm. lost their homes. They've lost, oh, yeah. so much has been lost. There's been so much collateral damage because of the false information that was put out regarding this virus, which is, turns out wasn't a pandemic. Go look up the numbers on the CDC website of people who actually died of the virus, not with the virus. There's a huge gap between those who actually died of the virus and with the virus. You know, like 6% died of the virus and 94% who were reported as COVID deaths were actually died with the virus but had other conditions that caused their death. Um, That's not my opinion. That's go on the CDC website and look it up. And so... This frightens people. But remember something. 
What was Jesus Christ's name? What, what, what was it prophesied he would be called? Emmanuel. God is with us. God is with us. And has he left us? I mean, oh yeah, that was 2,000 years ago Jesus walked the earth. What about now? What about today? Well, is he still Emmanuel with us in the Blessed Sacrament? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the Apocalypse, the book of the Apocalypse is actually a recapitulation of salvation history. It prophetically celebrates the absolutely certain victory of the Lamb of God over all the wicked and the blessed reunion of all the saints with him forever in heaven. So all those who are faithful will be with Christ in heaven. So we pray for that grace, final perseverance, to be faithful to him to the end. This is why the apocalypse, down through the entire church history, has been the book of consolation. How many people see it that way? I've heard people talk about the book of Apocalypse, and they're like, oh, wow, that's scary. <laughs> Father's telling us this is the book of consolation. Why? Because the lamb has conquered. The lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered. He's the lamb. The lion of the tribe of Judah is the lamb. The lamb that was slain. Remember, read, Apo read the book of Apocalypse. Read Apocalypse 4 and 5. And God has never forgotten us. He wisely and securely guides and protects those who turn to him with childlike trust. Hence, if we only remain faithful and put our trust in him, we are surely safe in the palm of his hand. And how is he going to do that? Who are his instruments mm. for assisting us and guiding us safely? Well, have you ever read the scriptures? Have you ever read the Old Testament and the New Testament? In all of this, let us not forget another important factor in this spiritual battle. And don't forget it. We are all in a spiritual battle. The devil is prowling about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him solid in your faith. Mm -hmm. Namely, the great role the angels play throughout scripture. The angels are integral to God's salvific plan. As a matter of fact, if you read the first words of Genesis, what do you have? In the beginning, God created the, the heavens and the earth. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God separated the light from the darkness. Mm -hmm. And he called the light day and the darkness night. And it's like, well, wait a minute. We think, oh, yeah, the sun, moon, and stars, right? The light, night, and the day. We think 24 hours. Wait, there's a problem there. Because if you actually read through that whole creation um, series in, in Genesis, the sun, moon, and stars aren't created until the fourth day. <laughs> the sun, moon, and stars. Who did he create in the beginning? When God said, let there be light, it was the creation of the angels mm. is what the church and the doctors of the church and the fathers of the church have told us. That was the creation of the angels. And they, so they're there in the beginning and they're there. The angels were created to help men get to heaven. But of course you had, the, why, why did God have to separate the light from the darkness? Because you had angels who rebelled against God and said, no, I will not serve. What do you mean? I have to serve a creature who's lower than me? And by the way, this is something to remember. Every time we're tempted to say, I will not serve. I'm laughing, Mary, because I love it when you get talked, fired up about the angels. And, you know, one of the things I'd like to say is the unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too high. Put them to work. And what you're doing is you're asking all of us to collaborate with our guardian angel. And I'm, guard, I'm sure our guardian angels are just like, it's about time. Yeah. Start asking me to help. <laughs> I've been waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to come right back to the Bible with the Barbers. Remember to tell your friends about the Bible study here every Tuesday on Virgin Most Powerful Radio.
We got Ernesto from Long Beach. You know, I just wanted to comment, you know, and I just wanted to thank you guys. And I kind of wanted to encourage people that are listening, maybe that are not donating, you know, because honestly, I got to be honest. I used to think you guys were a little too over the top, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You That's know, right. If God gave us a lot, you know, and I'm, I have the blessing of listening to all this. I just want to call all the people, you know, I've got five kids, you know, and I don't make a lot of money and I'm still donating to you guys. God bless you, brother. You're amazing. We gotta, we have to do this. We have to do the extra. And it's not even the extra. People see it like it's extra. Kneeling for communion, saying your rosary, saying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. It is not extra. It's what the church tells us to do. Amen. You're a good man, brother. 30 years old, 29 years old, five kids, and I thank you guys. So everybody else, man, get on fire. Fight for the truth, man. I know what I'm telling you guys. There's I so love it. Out there. If you shop on Amazon.com, there's an easy way to support Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Just visit smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center under the desired charity. Now, when you log into your Amazon account and purchase products, a portion of it will automatically go to support Virgin Most Powerful Radio at no cost to you. Thanks in advance for supporting CRC and VMPR, and may God richly bless you and your family. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Well, welcome back to Bible with the Barbers, and now we're going to learn about the angels here and, and how they stand at our side. We are not alone. We're not alone in this crisis. God has not abandoned us. He is still Emmanuel, God, with us, spiritually with us. Every time we pray, he's there. If we're living in the state of grace, he lives in us. But also in the Eucharist, he's there in the Eucharist. And the angel at Fatima taught the children how to adore Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. So go online and look up the Fatima prayers and, and download those prayers and start saying them. If you can't go to the church every day to make a Eucharistic Holy Hour, at least say those prayers in your home and take time. And when you, you pray your rosary, offer it in adoration of God. That's the whole point of it is to meditate on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we become more like him. So what happens here? We have Revelation 12 is the first one that Father um, Ludwig Opel in his, in his uh, new, newsletter here brings up to us. And Revelation 12 is that great battle. You have the great sign in the sky, the woman clothed with the sun who's pregnant. She's bearing a child. And then you have the dragon, the seven-headed dragon who's all red and ten horns and, and seven diadems. And his tail sweeps a third of the stars from the sky. Well, the stars represent the angels. So apparently, at least you know, metaphorically, a third of the angels fell, if not literally, possibly literally, a third of the angels fell with Lucifer. And what happened? I, you know, the, the angels are told they're going to serve. And, and Lucifer says, I will not serve. And what does Michael respond? Who is like God? 
I will serve. And, and he goes to, and Michael is from, you know, Lucifer was the highest angel. He was the light bearer. He was the highest of all the angels. And you have, if you go through the choirs of angels, there are nine choirs, the cherubim and seraphim and um, cherubim, seraphim, dominations, thrones, principalities, powers, virtues, archangels, and angels. So Michael's from the eighth choir. And here this, you know, God chooses the weak and makes them strong. Michael's not the most powerful of angels, but he's the one who says, who is like God? And he is the one who casts Satan out. He leads the angels in battle against Satan and, and his angels who have rebelled against God. He says, no, I, you can't do this. It's, and it's not, they aren't in heaven yet. They haven't seen God face to face. This is their trial. God shows them a vision of his plan and it's, are you going to serve? And Lucifer's like, no, I'm not going to serve. What do you mean serve? No, I, 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 want, I want to be the top dog. I want to be the most important one. I'm not going to serve somebody else. And Michael says, who is like God? God's plan is the best. How many times do we fall into the trap of like, you know, telling God what to do and saying, Lord, can't you do it this way? You know, I know better. And it's like, no, we need to humble ourselves before the Lord and ask for his help. So the devil is driven out of heaven. And he goes to make war on the rest of, of the children of the, whim, the woman. And the woman is the woman who bears the Messiah, Mary, the mother of God. And, and the church, Mary is an archetype of the church. So what is said of the church is only said and true of the church because it's first said and true of Mary. Read the Second Vatican Council document on the church. She, Mary, Mary is explained, her role in the church is explained in the last chapter. So... The angel is there. The angel is there to defend us. And every human being has a guardian angel. And that angel is there to guide us in the path that Christ is, that God has laid out for us to follow. Every human being has a vocation. We have a role to play in, in the building up of the kingdom of God. That's what we're supposed to be doing is building God's kingdom, not a lasting kingdom, not an earthly kingdom. Jesus said that. My kingdom is not of this earth. So we're not building an earthly kingdom, but we're supposed to bring the love of God into every moment of every day of our life, into every circumstance, into every place we go, our homes, first of all, and then the marketplace and the workplace. And for the lay people, we're supposed to sanctify the temple order. Our angels are there to help us and defend us. And there are lots and lots of stories in the temple order of people def being defended by the angels. But in the scriptures, we have the, in, you know, the Old Testament, right? Exodus 14, where the angel is helping the, the Israelites escape from Egypt and protecting them from Pharaoh and then keeping Pharaoh's army at bay so that Pharaoh's army cannot get close to them. When they're at the Red Sea and the people now is like, well, what did you bring us here? We're all, we have the sea on one side and Pharaoh's army behind us. We're just going to die here in the desert. We could have sat in Egypt by our flesh pots. And Moses says, stop crying out. And God, God says to Moses, stop crying out. You know, raise your staff over the water and split it and go forward. And they do. And all of Israel cross, crosses on the dry land. And the, the angels keep the enemy camp from getting any closer to the Israelites throughout the night as, as the Israelites cross. Because remember, the Israelites are on foot and it's women and children as well as men and old, old men and old women and, you know, everybody. And, but the enemy is on horses and chariots. So they go through and then as, as they go through, they insist as the, the Israelites pass through and then Pharaoh's army follows them into the midst of the basin of the Red Sea 
And then God, the, the, remember the angel of the Lord cast a glance through Pharaoh's army that threw them into confusion and kept them from getting closer. And then God, um, in the morning, God lets the waters of the sea go back over Pharaoh and, and drown Pharaoh and his army. So we have that story, and then and that's a true story. I mean, this isn't a this isn't made up. These aren't fictional stories that somebody made up. The oh pie in the sky. No, God is with us. Our angels are with us. Do you want a powerful story of you know the angels being with you? There are so many in the lives of the missionaries and the missions, and you know Jess Romero has told that story about you know when he was after the Rodney King incident, and then that that truck driver got beat up on that corner up in Silmar, and. Jesse lived near there, and, and a couple days, you know, the next day, Jesse got called into work because the the sheriff's department and the police departments were under attack. And so Jesse's going and, and getting ready, and Anita says, Jesse, don't go by that corner, please. Go go to work another way. And, of course, Jesse, being Jesse, went by the corner. But as he's going by the corner, he, he does have his rosary with him, and he's praying. And, and as he gets closer to the corner, he notices that there are people there and, and cars are being stopped. And he realizes he's in a line of cars. He can't get out. He's stuck. He's going to have to go forward. And he's got a windbreaker on over his uniform. And he realizes there's some African-American men pulling people out of the car and beating them up. Just everybody who comes through the, the intersection is getting beat up. And, and Jesse's like, Oh, what am I going to do? He's got, well, I've got my, I've got my, I'm armed. I can, I can at least fight back, but he takes his rosary. He doesn't put his gun up and I'm going to shoot you guys and threaten them. He puts his rosary up. And as he gets to the front of the line, the guy who was in charge looks in his car and he says, no, let him go. Let him go. He's a bro. He's a bro. Let him go. Yeah, his angel, the Blessed Mother is sending the angels. She's the queen of angels. She's sending the angels to intervene to protect Jesse. He would have been killed that day without God's intervention. Absolutely. He was a police officer. Once they pulled him out of the car and they found out there was a police, he had a police shirt on underneath that that windbreaker. Woof. But no, God said, no, this isn't your time, Jesse. I'm not, I'm going to send my angels. And we all have this angel at our side. Do we call on the angels? Do we ask him for help? Do we realize how powerful the angels are? Well, in, in the life of the apostles, did this ever happen? Well, we have Acts of the Apostles. Lots five. of prayer. This is great. You're going to go through so many scripture. Write all these scripture verses down, folks, because you can read them even later. And they're beautiful. And study them more, yeah. in more in depth. You sure. know, Acts of the Apostles 519, and Peter and John have been put in jail, and they're yeah. going to be tried before the Sanhedrin. And, and in the middle of the night, the angel comes. And takes him out of jail and says, okay, go back into the temple and start preaching again. And so the, the, the Sanhedrin gathers in the morning and they come and they're, all right, they send the guards, go get those men that we put in jail. And they come back and they're like, well, uh, uh, well, uh, funny <laughs> thing, the jail is locked and the guards are in place, but there's nobody in it. They're gone. Yeah. What do you mean they're gone? They're gone. We found the prison securely locked and the sentries standing at the doors. But when we opened it, we found no one inside. This is Acts of the Apostles. It's right there in the Bible. Chapter 5, verses 19 and following. Yep. So then somebody comes and says, you know those men you arrested yesterday? They're out there in the temple preaching. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so then the guard are sent and they bring them without a show of force. But, but the angel came and delivered them from the prison. Yeah. And then we have another incident in the Acts of the Apostles regarding Peter. Acts of the Apostles 12 verses seven and following. And Herod had beheaded John, the brother of, uh, excuse me, James, pardon mm-hmm. me, 
James, the brother of John, and it had pleased the Jews. And he's like, ah, I can make brownie points now. So I'll arrest Peter. And he puts Peter in prison. But it was during the Passover. So he has to wait until after the Passover to, to, to carry out the execution. So he's waiting. And in the meantime, in the middle of the night, the, the church is all gathered together in prayer. Ah, interesting. Peter's been arrested. And what is the response of the church? Are they out in the street protesting? Are they out in the street tearing up things and starting burning fires up, and yep. burning things up mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, attacking the high priest's palace and storming the prison? No, they're praying. They're fervently praying for Peter's safety. And, and what happens? In the middle of the night, an angel comes and wakes Peter up. Says, get up, Peter. Wakes him up. The chains fall off Peter. And he says, Peter, put your cloak on. Okay, put your coat on. Get ready. We're going to go out. And Peter's like, okay. The angel is giving him instructions. It's really funny. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And they went out. And he, Peter followed. And Peter didn't, he wasn't getting it. He thought he was having a vision. He didn't realize he was actually being freed from the prison mm-hmm. by the angel, right? So when they passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and passed on through the streets. And immediately the angel left him. That's when Peter comes to his senses and realizes, oh, this isn't a vision. I really was freed from prison directly by the intervention of the angel. God sent Mm. his angel, took the chains off Peter, told Peter to get himself dressed, took him out of the prison without everything opened of its own accord. And Peter's out there. So he goes to the house and he knocks on the house and he goes to the house of Mary. That was um, John Mark's mother. Mary, that's where the Last Supper had been, because that's where the church is gathered, and they're praying for him. And, and he knocks on the door, and he says, it's Peter, it's Peter. And Rhoda, who was the maid who answered, who went to the door, said, she forgets to open the door for him. And she runs back, and she says, Peter's down there knocking <laughs> at the door. And what do they say? Oh, it's not Peter. He's in jail. It must be his angel. It must be his angel telling us to pray for him. And she said, no, no, it was Peter. So they went, well, why didn't you let him in? <laughs> so they go back, and they let him in. And sure enough, there's Peter. Yeah. And so then they rejoice. Why? They rejoice because God has sent his angel to deliver Peter from the plans that conniving men had for him. So do we put our angels to work? Well said, Mary. Hey, when we come back, last segment, we're with the Bible with the Barbers on Virgin's Most Powerful Radio. And I uh, hope you can share this with your friends because Bibles are Jesus said in Matthew 26, Stay awake and pray that you may not enter into temptation. According to St. Ephraim, Jesus, who feared nothing, experienced fear and asked to be freed from death, although he knew it was impossible. How much more must we persevere in prayer before temptation assails us, so that we may be freed when the test has come? May God grant that we may withstand temptation and carry out his will in all things. How does the baby eat? 
Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions, but what's important is that a baby is a baby, inside and out of the womb, not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance, or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org, or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Well, welcome back here. We're at our last segment of today's show. We're going to talk a little bit about 2 Maccabees chapter 15. And specifically, verses 22 and following refers to the help that the angels were going to give. But you have in the beginning of, you know, the book of Maccabees is when the, the, the Greeks had taken over the, the world and they had um, tried to uh, even get the Jews to follow them. And um, there was a, one of the Maccabees said, no, he said, I'm not going to allow anyone to, to offer uh, uh, sacrifice pork to the idols of the, of the Greeks. And he, he killed the Jews who were trying to do it. And then they ran off into the hills because they knew they couldn't stay in the city. And, and then they have to fight the Greeks. And this is, I mean, this is just a band of men. They said, anyone who is still faithful to the Lord, follow me. Judas Maccabeus, you know, read the Maccabees. It's, it's a very important book to, to re- remind you of the history of what went on. And what would, but what was their trust in? So you had this, you had this Greek commander, Nicanor, and he comes, he's going to destroy Judas Maccabeus and his men. And, and he's, he's prideful. He says, no, I'm the sovereign. Because there are Jews who are following him. But they say, we can't fight on the Sabbath. The Lord forbids it. What do you mean, the Lord? Who is the Lord? You know, oh, well, the Lord is the sovereign over everything. He's the one who made everything. No, I'm the sovereign, Nicanor says. And, and so he's going after Judas Maccabeus. But um, Judas keeps encouraging his men. God will help us. God will help us. And what happens in verses um, 22 and following? Well, Judas... <clears throat> Perceiving the hosts that were before him, this is actually verse 21, Maccabeus, perceiving the hosts that were before him and the varied supply of army and savagery of the elephants, stretch out his hands toward heaven and called upon the Lord. He didn't tear his garments and say, we're lost. Oh, this is ridiculous. We never should have done this. He, he calls upon the Lord who works wonders for he knew that it is not by arms, but as the Lord decides that he gains the victory for those who deserve it. Have we been faithful to the Lord? The Lord will gain us the victory. Joan of Arc died at the stake being burned, but she was a martyr. She won the victory. Now, sometimes God doesn't call us to martyrdom. Sometimes he defeats our enemies here on this earth and we continue to live for a while. But eventually we're going to go home to heaven. That's our, our, um, 
our goal. So what does Judas say? O Lord, you sent your angel in the time of Hezekiah, king of Judea. Go back in Second Kings, Hezekiah. I believe it's Second C. It's either First or Second Kings. The story of Hezekiah, and he's the angel slew a full hundred and eighty-five thousand in the camp of Shennacherib. That's when Shennacherib had, had besieged the city of Jerusalem, and and he had said, "Don't don't let your God trick you into thinking he can deliver you from my hands." And Hezekiah went into the temple and showed the letter to the Lord. And that night, the angel of the Lord went through the Assyrian camp and 185,000 Assyrians died. So now, O sovereign of heaven, send a good angel to carry terror and trembling before us. By the might of your arm, may the blasphemers who come against your holy people be struck down. With these words, he ended his prayer. And so he trusted in God to send his angels to assist them in their battle. And there's several instances in the Old Testament where this has happened, you know, in, in, in the book of Judges, when you had Gideon's army, right? Mm. 300 men defeat an army of, uh, it was thousands. So God is there. He sends his angels to help. But what was the point of it? Just like Hezekiah, Hezekiah had been faithful to the Lord. He had restored the proper worship to the temple. That was the first thing he did as king. And so the Lord delivered him from Shennacherib and 185,000 of Shennacherib's men died. And so now Judas Maccabeus is just asking the Lord to deliver him from these infidels who are trying to lead them away from God, trying to force them to give up their religion, to give up their worship of God. What's happening in our country today? We're being told you can't go to church because you might get sick or you might make somebody else sick. And, and I know Terry played that that clip on his show from Jim Caviso yeah. to say, no, we're not going to let them obliterate Christianity. We are not going to capitulate. No, you cannot take away from us our right to worship God. We have a right to worship God and we need to do this and we need to trust God that he is going to send his angels to help us. Whether we get arrested and put in prison and die as martyrs or whether we continue to live our Christian faith in society and be 11 in society. Again, what is our role? To build up the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is to, living in the presence of God day by day. It's not, it's not a utopian society where there are no troubles. And uh, oh, I'll consecrate myself to the Blessed Mother so all the troubles in life will go away. I'll consecrate myself to the angels so that all the troubles in life will go away. No. No, 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 no. It's so that I can sanctify all the troubles of life. Mm -hmm. So that I can offer all my troubles, all my crosses, toils, and disappointments. In, in union with Jesus Christ. In his suffering, it's also so that I can offer up all my victories and joys and, and exaltations in union with Jesus. All the good comes from God. And so God sends his angels. And, and so we have what the psalmist confesses. In my misfortune, I called the Lord. He heard and saved me from all distress. The angel of the Lord who encamps with them delivers all who fear God. Psalm 34 seven verses seven through eight. And there's also um, Psalm, was it Psalm 91 where um, you who dwell in the shelter of the Lord and abide in his shadow in the shadow for life say to the Lord, my refuge, my rock and whom I trust for to his angels. He's given the command to guard you in all your ways on their hands. They will bear you up. Yes. Psalm 91 for to his angels. He's given his command. Though thousands fall at your side, 10,000 at your right, you it will not come near. You only have to look with eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. 
because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high your habitation. No evil shall befall you. No scourge come near your tent. For he has given his angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample them underfoot. Because he clings to me, I love him and I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Psalm 91, read it. God has sent his angels to guide us and protect us. And all of us have stories. That's one of the beautiful things in the Opus Angelorum. Countless stories who have been protected by the angels, delivered by the angels. Father in his sermon the other night told yeah. the story of Michael in Korea. Oh, that's a great in, in the Korean War. And you can look it up. Go online. Go online, look up Michael. Exactly. And in the Korean War, Michael, Michael of the morning, Michael of the battle cry. Yeah. And, and get the story of the young Marine who was saved by the intervention of a, an angel, specifically Michael. A the big archangel. dude, man. <laughs> a big dude. Six foot four. But, yeah, but it's not just, you know, people say, oh, well, I'm not a saint. You know, God wouldn't do that for me. Oh, really? Wait a minute. Are you a child of God, a brother of Christ, a temple of the Holy Spirit, an heir to the kingdom of heaven, a member of the church, and a prince or a princess in the household of God? Mm-hmm. If you're baptized, absolutely yes. This is your dignity, and God cares for you, and he knows every detail of your life, and every detail is absolutely important. And he wants you to live in his presence continually and to praise him and to adore him because this is our salvation. God is God, and we are not. He can never not be God. So he can never say, oh, you can be a little God. You can play God, you know, and then when, we get, when, you, when, when you die, I'll, I'll let you get into heaven. No, if you reject God all your life and make yourself out to be God, read the book of Maccabees, read the book of Kings, read the Old Testament, what happened to those people who set themselves against God and were arrogant and defied God. You know, what happened to Satan and his minions, by the way? They were cast out of heaven and there was no longer found a place for them in heaven. They will never be in heaven. They cut themselves off from God. And that's a free will choice we make. Nobody makes it for us. Nobody can force you to reject God. Even if someone forces you out of fear to commit a crime, that's not a free will choice. Choose God day by day. Live in his, and ask your angel to guard you in all your ways. Read Psalm 91. Read it every day if you can. Remember this. God is at your side and he sent an angel God has given an angelic spirit. By the way, it's, it's beautiful. Think about your angel. Mm-hmm. Do you know that your angel never has disobeyed God? He never turned his back on God. He has never done anything evil. He's always fulfilled God's will. And you know what? He watches over all of us sinners, each angel, each guarding angel watches. We each of us has our own guarding angel. And that guarding angel watches over us even when we're sinning. He never leaves our side because God told him, help that person get to heaven. So he's always trying to inspire us to do what's right and get to heaven. And no matter how bad we are, no matter how many times we abandon God, he's still saying, come back. God is merciful. Say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Have mercy on me. Help me. You know, Mary, I want to give the website for the opusangelorum.org. So it's www.opusangelorum.org. And if you want to call them for more information, I'll give you their number. It's 330-969-9900. I'll repeat, 330 area code 969-9900 for more information on the work of the angels. Amen. And so we have so many instances. And remember, Jesus in the gospel talks about the little children. And what does he say? He says, see to it that you do not scandal, scandalize any of these little ones. Hmm. Why? 
because the face of their angel constantly beholds my father in heaven. Jesus himself testifies that we each have an angel and that angel is not at our, not just at our side, but because he's an angel, he's not bound by time and space. He's still with God in heaven, adoring God for us. I, yeah, I'm just to interrupt you when you said that it made me think the little ones who are the little ones in our yeah. culture yeah. that we forgot yeah. the unborn babies, the unborn babies. And they all have an angel. That's right. Pray to their angels that, that their angels would collaborate with the angels of the mothers to help the mothers find another way. Mothers don't want to kill their babies. Nope. They're, they're, they're often coerced. They're often uh, duped. They're often, they're lied to. They're, they're frightened. They need help and they're looking for help. So let's send the angels out there. And remember, you can send your angels on mission. You know, my holy guarding angel, go talk to the angel of this person and ask that angel to surround that person with his love and protection and help that person to do God's will today. You know, and, and, and that like that, the mothers, oh, my holy angel, go out and talk to the mothers who are pregnant and frightened and, and think that they're, they're caught and they don't, they don't know what to do because they don't know how to take care of the child that they're carrying and ask their angels to surround them and ask the angel of the child to surround that child with his love and protection and protect them from being violated by abortion, by from the babies from being killed. And by the way, a lot of mothers are dying from safe and le- from safe and legal abortions. Just because it's legal doesn't make it safe. Amen. So send those angels out. Know that they're powerful. They want to help us pray. They want to help us with our duty. They want to help us serve the Lord our God and become holy. Well said. If you've enjoyed this show on the angels, we gave you contact information for the Opus Angelorum. But also, if you enjoy it, like it on YouTube that you're watching right now so that you'll get a notice for the next show. And share it with your friends with social media. I know a lot of you uh, watch a lot of things on YouTube. Share it with your friends. Give people an opportunity to know what the church teaches when it comes to the Bible. And especially the angels. I think a lot of people have been uh, not catechized well enough when it comes to the angels. And we've just set them back like they don't even exist. But they do. And they're waiting for your fiat. Just like the resurrection is real, a real historical fact, the angels are real. Amen. So put them to work. Thank you, God, for the guarding angels. Thank you, guarding angel, for all that you do for me. And pray for me and with me. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. Bible with St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests Oh, my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole church, grant it love, and the light of thy spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, may the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.